0: inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now here's David with Reflections from the Heart.
1: Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo and Tom DeAngelis. Welcome one and all. Thanks. Good to be here, David. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. But before we break up in the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit to see how Jesus wants to speak to us today?
2: I would love to. And in the name of the, the Father, Father, and the Son, Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, you are amazing, awesome. Thank you so much for your love, and your kindness, and your goodness. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for the gift of 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 your patience with us. And constantly pursuing us, yet leaving us with the free will choice to choose you. Thank you for the gift of your word, the gift of the mass, and, and the opportunity to, to look ahead to, to the mass that we will celebrate and pray on Sunday, uh, that we can look ahead now at the gospel to hear your words, your words of love and mercy which are a gift. So thank you, Lord, for that. And we ask you, please, dear Lord, to send the Holy Spirit into this conversation. Send the Holy Spirit into this room, into the cars of everyone who's listening, into the homes and offices and schools, wherever the people are that are listening. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the
1: Father, Father, Son, and Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today?
3: Sure. Again, it's a reading from the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 10. Jesus said, Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever does not enter a sheepfold through the gate, but climbs over elsewhere, is a thief and a robber. But whoever enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice, and as the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has driven out all his own, he walks ahead of them, and the sheep follow him, because they recognize his voice. But they will not follow a stranger. They will run away from him, because they do not recognize the voice of strangers. Although Jesus used this figure of speech, the Pharisees did not realize what he was trying to tell them. So Jesus said again, Amen, amen, I say to you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and slaughter and destroy. I came so that they might have life and have it more abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ.
1: Well, I think when Jesus reiterates that he's the gate, he means it. And, uh, you know, he also tells us elsewhere in Scripture, there is only one way, truth, and life, and that's Jesus Christ. And we have a differential in the gatekeeper, because I think the gatekeeper is the Holy Spirit who's always inviting us into that relationship, that intimacy with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and life, the gate to eternal life. So for me, that I am the gate, I don't want to forget that. I don't want to try and do it under my own power. I don't want to do as it says here, climbs over elsewhere. See, that's all about me, myself, and I, and I did it. Whereas with Jesus, our faith is a free gift, and the Holy Spirit opens a gate, who is Christ, opens that relationship, and he lets us in. But when we think we can do it on our own strength, and we can, we can do all these things, we're actually robbing and stealing from God. And that's where he uses that thief and robber. We're robbing and stealing from God because we do nothing without Jesus Christ. He does everything in us, with us, and through us when we are his sheep. And that is also a big, huge understanding for me. You know, is, uh, in order to be that husband I'm called to be, that father I'm called to be, I first have to be that son. I have to be a sheep to the shepherd. I have to be the son with the father to have that relationship because it's through that ever deepening intimate relationship that then my wife sees the husband that I'm called to be. My children see the face of the father and experience the father's love through me. So I, I love the scripture verse. And the more I keep opening it up, the deeper the Lord keeps take, taking me because again, I can do nothing on my own. It is Jesus Christ who does everything in me, with me, and through me. Because the moment I claim it, that I did it, I'm climbing over that fence. I become the thief and the robber, robbing from God himself who deserves all honor, all glory, all praise.
3: One of the things that I thought about when I read this earlier in the week was, that in the first part of this passage, Jesus talks about himself as the shepherd or refers to himself as a shepherd. In the second part, he, t- he calls himself the gate. And he does that according to the, the passage here because for some reason, when he talked about himself as shepherd, the Pharisees didn't get it. And so it's so how does the gate intensify more the idea that I'm the shepherd, I lead, you know, I'm responsible. And now it's like, if you didn't get that... Here, let me make it clearer. I'm the gate. You can't even get into the sheep unless you pass through me, because because that's the that's the thing that I bring that those who came before me didn't bring. And so, but I, it's really kind of interesting the way he contrasts that because initially he gives us a very a beautiful image of the shepherd leading the sheep, and then he kind of pushes it even further and says you can't even get in to see the sheep. I'm I'm the gate. I'm the gate. You, you, if you don't come through me, you are by definition a thief, a robber. You know, you've come only to to steal, to slaughter and destroy, as he says. So if you don't come through me and you're and you're dealing with the sheep, you know, you're dealing with my sheep, then you're a thief. You know, you're a robber.
1: And I think it, it goes on even deeper from there, Tom, as you were pointing out, because we enter as sheep. Through the gate, which is Christ. But then it says whoever enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Right. So for me, I believe that once we come into the, the Lord's fold, then Jesus chooses to use us to become the shepherd of, of our families, the shepherd of the children he entrusts us with, the shepherd of other people around us, that we can also lead others To Christ, who is the shepherd. He wants to shepherd through us. That's where St. Paul says so beautifully in the letter to the Galatians, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. People want to meet Christ when they meet us. They want to see the face of Christ, the eyes of Christ. They want to be touched by the hands of Christ when they meet us. And That takes that, again, as I share that ever-deepening, intimate relationship as a son to the Father. And, and we can never forget that, because otherwise, then we become those Pharisees. We become the, the self-righteous. We become the all about the law. We know the words, but our hearts are hardened. We truly don't know God. We don't know the Father. We don't know the Son. We don't know the Holy Spirit. And we actually drive people away, away yeah. from,
3: from Christ. So And that's really interesting. I hadn't really seen that. But if you take the first part of Jesus as the shepherd and then he says, well, the Pharisees didn't get it. So let me be clearer and say I'm the gate. And then you take that concept and take it back to the first one. Well, anybody who enters through the gate, enters through Jesus, is really the shepherd that Jesus is representing Jesus. Yeah, yeah. If you enter through me and you yes. come in through the gate, then you're a shepherd. That's correct. Now you have shepherd's responsibility, yep. but also shepherd's voice, the shepherd's draw on on his sheep. And, uh, and, we, and we are called to be Christ because That's if correct. we don't enter through Christ – to deal with his sheep, to, to to love his sheep, to care for his sheep, then we're, by definition we're going over the we're going over the wall someplace else.
1: Right, and it's real clear here because the yeah. sheep hear his voice. Well, in order to hear his voice, you need to know his voice. Well, how do you know his voice? By doing exactly what we're doing. Jesus is the Word of God. So as many times you can break open the Word of God every day, your heart. Responds to that word because again it says in scripture the word will not go out and come back void it's going to do what it's meant to do and it also says that the Lord will bring back to us the scriptures that we put in our hearts the Lord will recall them to us so that we can share those with others so for me in order for me as a sheep to know His voice I need to, and to know, that means to know Him I need to know His word. Because again, Jesus is the word became flesh. And just as those original words were put on stone tablets, you know, with Moses, the word then became enfleshed in Christ. Well, that's what God wants to do with us. Jesus wants to enflesh himself, enflesh this word of God we're breaking open now in us. He wants to enflesh this message of unconditional love to the world. Because at the end of the day, love conquers all
2: a couple of things i was reflecting on as as time as you read it and then as you guys are sharing uh one is the relationship of shepherd and gatekeeper and, and uh, you know david you're, you're saying gatekeeper is the holy spirit it opens our hearts to allow jesus in uh but then i just jotted, jotted a note down about free will that even though the holy spirit is prompting us uh, i was thinking of the scripture jesus says, behold i stand at the door and knock it's still up to us to open up the door, you know, to right. allow the shepherd into our lives. And, uh, you know, so the you know, Holy Spirit is going to guide us and prompt us. Um, but it's still that free will choice. Like even Thomas, you know, a couple of weeks ago we did you know, when Jesus came, he pursued Thomas. Here, Thomas, put your fingers in my hand, put your hand on my side. Don't be unbelieving, but believe. He still had to wait for Thomas's yes. And Thomas' yes came in the form of my Lord and my God, you know, that first you know, proclamation of Jesus as Lord and God. Um, so it just blows my mind, the whole free will, no matter how many times I think about it, it just <laughs> blows my mind. You know, like, look what God did for us. It's like, like sometimes with our kids, you know, I'll speak for me, sometimes with my kids, I want to take free will away for those those critical <laughs> 10 years of knuckleheadedness, uh, you know, but God won't take mine away and nor will he take theirs, nor should I want theirs to be taken away. But free will is just, it's, it's, it's that's love, mm-hmm. right? That God loves us so much that he did what he did knowing that some of his children are going to not open up their hearts for him. Some are going to turn away. Some are going to, yeah, so it just, um, God's love just is amazing. And, and, and we talked about the voice. I circled recognize his voice and then recognize the voice of strangers. I drew a line in between and I just wrote the words on that line or below that line, battle for our attention. Mm. That this is a spiritual battle, right? We have the enemy, right, right? and then we have our Lord, and the voices are coming. <laughs> the voices are coming through through social media, through friends, through family, through what we read. Uh, th- you know, there's voices. There's voices competing for our attention, mm-hmm. and uh, and what are we gonna where are we gonna hang out? You know, where, where are we gonna let our attention hang out? Is uh, is what's gonna own us in that moment. Um, but we, but if we're not aware that the battle exists, we're, we're toast before, before it even starts. Uh, so, you know, contemplative prayer, just sitting in silence, reading God's Word, and then, and then just letting our Lord speak to us through that Word. And it, it's an intentionality, I think, that we have to intentionally carve out the time to be in His presence, to be able to recognize His voice.
1: Absolutely. And Rob, I love what you said, said when I've heard you say it, is that uh, the thief comes to steal, to slaughter and destroy. And I love what you put there. Steal our joy, slaughter our relationships, and destroy our families. That's huge. And we realize every day we're going out to battle. The enemy, the thief, is looking to steal our joy Slaughter relationships, divide and conquer is battle cry. He wants to divide friends, divide husbands and wives, divide family members, divide the church— And he wants to destroy families, which are the building blocks of the church. So for me, man, I want to be wide awake. And here's the key. I came so they may have life and have it more abundantly. I love that phrase, you know, and I love what it means because we see so many times these movies people are fascinated with, with zombies. They're living bodies, but they're dead spiritually. They have no communion with God. There's no love in them. And so for me, that's a reality in our world today. So I want to have the abundant life. I want to have that spiritual life because that is what Christ paid the price for, that we may be set free from the sin, which causes spiritual death, which causes that zombie effect on us, that we're, we're actually totally dead to the fact we even are sinning, you know, as we as we punch on the computer screen and we commit adultery as we, you know, do things that we shouldn't do, say things that we shouldn't say, gossip, this, that, we're dead to it. But when we truly have that spiritual life, the Holy Spirit just just shines that bright light on all our failings so that we can go to the Lord. And thank you, Lord, for the gift of, of uh, reconciliation in the Catholic Church. We can go to confession, confess our sins with a contrite heart, and through the grace of God, working through that priest, we can be forgiven and be a new, a new baby born again in that moment to go out to be Christ of the world. So, man, I, I steal our joy, slaughter relationships, and destroy our families. That's it. It's a battlefield every day. And what conquers it? What's the greatest weapon? Love. Love. Truth is the sword, the sword of truth. But it's meant to be wielded with love. To do
3: what? Go through bone and marrow to pierce the heart of others. Love it. Um, Rob, you mentioned about uh, free will. And I think you know it it is it is an amazing thing to think about free will, particularly when you look at the fact of free will and you see that in god's uh in God's divinity that he you I mean you can look out at people and see people that are doing things by their free will that you know obviously God wouldn't prefer but he he allows it to happen and that's part of that's part of our faith. But I think the other thing, too, and you were mentioning, I kind of connected that when you were talking about contemplation and reflection. and uh, But just some time when you're sitting in front of the Blessed Sacrament, reflect on the fact, more the subjective fact, that you have free will. And that in this moment, you're using it hmm. to adore. And, and then, because for me, that that enriches the experience of being in front of the Blessed Sacrament because I could be anywhere else. I could be out at a bar. I could be you know reading a book. I could be doing something, but I'm here. I'm here with you. I care about you. So it's not just a matter of the amazing fact that we have free will because we see people doing beautiful, great things, loving each other, and we see people doing horrible, nasty things to each other. and God allows that. He allows that to happen. but that I'm here in front of you and that I chose to be here, you know it it almost gives you a sense of you know, I don't, even the fact that I'm here and that I care about you and that I love you and that I'm giving myself back to you is a gift from you. I couldn't even do this if it hadn't been for you. The free will, the ability to be able to, you know, the faith tradition, the ability to be able to get myself there and to make that a priority in my life and to be there, it all comes from him. And yet, we give it all back to him by free will, and that gift is like the pinnacle. It's the thing at the top of the, you know, it's like the cherry at the top of the sundae that says, "And all of this, I, I bring, I bring back to you." And it's just to me, it's an amazing when I re- reflect on that that mm-hmm. that we that we can do that, that we can be in relationship with our God. Yeah, you
2: know? and, Tom, and Tom, that that consoles Jesus's heart, and. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening, you know, my, myself included. I'm, I'm listening to the words that are coming out of my own mouth. Sometimes I can't think of what to say in prayer. I'm so dry. I'm so frustrated. I'm so dark and empty. But like you said, Tom, when we when we intentionally show up, when we, out of our free will, we show up. And we say, Lord, I'm here. I, I, you know, I, I'm not feeling much right now. I'm going through some stuff. I'm just going to be here with you. I'm just going to, I'm deciding to be here with you. So our desire to prayer, to, our desire to pray is a prayer that, you know, when we can't string two, three words together in prayer, that's all right. Our desire, Jesus, desire is good. Passion is good. God gave it to us. It's the disordered passions and desires that get us in trouble. So if we have a desire to pray, we have a desire to please our Lord, we have a desire to, to hang out with him, to keep him company, that, that consoles Jesus' heart. All right so uh yeah. so th- yeah, thank you for for sharing that Tom.
1: And it's amazing how you know as we enter the family of God as we enter the sheepfold how God chooses to use us. I was in a meeting this morning and a man was sharing how his daughter was beaten up by a man almost to the point of death was in the hospital. You know and and this man had a background before he came to know Christ of being a biker gang uh doing all kinds of things. I can't repeat here on the air. And he confessed to us that he, that old self was rising up and he wanted to take violence out on this man that beat up his daughter to the point of knocking her out where she almost didn't survive and didn't live. And the Lord gave me a prompting. I went over here, over to him. And I said, and I always do this, may I help you? May I give you some counsel? And when he gave me permission, I gave him a big hug. I said, when you don't know what to do, what you can do for that man, the greatest weapon is love. And the greatest thing you can do is you pray for him because that turns him over to the Lord. But it's not only for him, it's for you. And the man listen, I said, look, you may know, back to your point, Rob, you may not know how to pray. That's okay. Tell God. Say, Father, I don't know how to pray for that man, but I give you my permission. Holy Spirit, pray through me. Help me. And I said, that's one baby step. And then the Holy Spirit will give you the prayers. And then you'll do it again. And then you'll do it again. And you know what? You'll heap those hot coals of love on him for his salvation but it'll set you free. And he knew, I could see his face lighten up and this peace come over him. That's how God wants to choose, to, has chosen to use us to be those vessels of his love, of his mercy, of his compassion, and his wisdom and gifts. So then we become shepherd to help a sheep. That was uh, uh, gonna go astray. <laughs> yeah,
2: and, and sometimes we beat ourselves up once we're on the team when we have those feelings. Like this guy was oh. so transparent that the old self was rising. Uh, a friend of ours shares a story of the man that stole his wife away. You know, his wife had uh, you know, a relationship, and 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 this guy wasn't living for Christ. Was at this point living for Christ, and then his wife had had the affair, and that broke up their marriage. And he said he was in adoration, saying, "Lord, I want to kill this guy. You know, <laughs> no. I, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to, you know." I, and he said, "I just laid it all out, and he felt the Lord say he brought him in, you know, that he was brought into his life to pray for him, to right. pray for your brother.' That he, he heard the Lord yes. say, like refer to him as your brother. I brought." Your brother, you know, brought him into your life yeah. for you to pray for your brother who's lost. It's like, man, so this faith is not for wimps. This is Christianity yeah. that we talk about and we profess—I mean, it's—it's it's serious. It's—we uh, it, need grace. I mean, it's—it's you know, it's, it's not us. You know, it's, mm-hmm. so God, please give us the grace to to love and pray for our,
1: our enemies. And that's why I so much love our Christian faith. I love the Catholic faith because it says right here, you know, that the sheep. He knows us by name and he leads us the level of intimacy that God, the father wants with you, our listening audience as sons and daughters is beyond our understanding. And that's, what's so beautiful about God, the father, we can go to him just like our friend did, just like I've done. And we can let it all out. We can tell him exactly how, how we feel, how, you know what, father, I want to kill that man. He took my wife or he hurt my child. You know, You can tell the father that it's okay. You know what? He already knows your heart. He already knows what's in there. What does he want you to do? He wants to help you process it. He wants you to just tell him all that, include him in everything. And then what we get back in a gift, he helps us process it, helps us work through it. Because I know before the radio show, I was wounded pretty bad. And it's like the Lord's like, just wait, don't react. Just wait. I want you to respond with love. Give it to me. Talk to me. And I'll help you. And so I've got to wait. And then I'll process it with the Lord. That's what I love about scriptures. You know, when we read, it says about pray without ceasing. And we're like, oh, well, that's impossible. I'd just be sitting there going, our Father, Lord, in heaven, I'll be there. No, 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 no. (laughs) What that means is God wants a relationship with us as as his Father, as our Father. That intimate relationship that we involve him in all things, from the workplace to the bedroom. Invite God in. He's our Father. Share with Him. You know, give Him praise. Thank Him. Have that grateful heart. It's awesome. And when you have that communion with Him throughout your whole day, that common union, you can't imagine what you'll get back in your heart. The things that money can't buy, that joy, that peace, that, that exhilaration that only can come from a relationship with God. Because the world, you can't get it there. You can't find it, and you can't buy it.
2: It's drew— a little uh, side by side, wrote a little side by side the the world's abundance and God's abundance. And when we pursue the world's abundance and we go at it with reckless abandon, you know, we whether it's golf or money or whatever, like whatever the world says is important, whatever the world says is going to fill you up, whatever the world presents to us as abundance, and we go after it. People are like, oh, that's pretty cool. You're really working at your golf game. You know, you're really successful at business or whatever it is. And then we go with reckless abandon to pursuing God's abundance. Then we're, yeah, oh, man, you're a little over the top. Yeah. Yes. We're a little, You're a little yeah. over the top there. And, uh, you know, do you really need to do all that? You know, it, it's crazy, right? So we yeah. have to, and that's that, that's that recognize the voice of strangers. That's the voice of the stranger, the enemy, the evil one. When it's our moment through God's grace to say our yes— and then we pursue that yes in every aspect of life, we absolutely positively will be bombarded with voices of the enemy. God can't usher his goodness into the world without us. The evil one can't usher his darkness into the world without people, right? So we have to be prepared once we say our yes to God's abundance that we're going to get that pressure. But God's power and providence uh, can can carry us through and will carry us through.
1: Well, as a poster child for a man for 46 years who pursued the world to fulfill the ache of my heart, I can tell you that that is uh, like drinking salt water, thinking you're going to quench your thirst. It kills you because I could not fill the ache in my heart and I didn't care if I lived or died. And then that was 13 years ago. Now I have the abundant life. I have a relationship with the Lord that I can't even fathom and it keeps getting deeper. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. But it's amazing how when you have Spiritual eyes to see, spiritual ears to hear, how God will use you in all moments. Rob, you and I, we were walking around the Star Barn property this morning, talking to painters and plumbers and <laughs> clock repair people, and this person and that person and stonemasons and a former jockey and amazing. Every conversation we had, Rob, pointed to God. Mm-hmm. Without us trying to, it just be, it just became part of who we are. We were evangelizing, just walking around talking to people. God bless each and every one of you. Let's be lights that lead to the gate, that lead to eternal life. God bless you.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a gospel reflection group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time... May God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.